Nikki. Hey, Brett, man. How are you doing, man? Good. Wait, who's upside? I'm side. You're sideways on me. Am I sideways on you? Let me turn it around. One second. Is that there better? You go. Oh, I love your scenery. Look at that. Look behind you. Yeah, man. I got the bottles from you guys. Thank you so much. Look at it. It's an army. An army, man. Definitely an army. One second. Let me just take your time. Let me just get this right. I'm not got you on this tripod. Take your time. I gotta get one of those. I have five books. One second. It's a bit lopsided. One second. How you been? Thank you for uh, having me, man. I really appreciate this. Really looking forward to this. I'm fantastic. So while you're setting up, I want to tell all your fans who I am because I have no idea. Yeah, do that. So, so I'm, I'm Brett Barish. I own uh, a bunch of wine and spirit brands, uh, Bel Air, Bamboo, McQueen, uh, my past brands, Ace of Spades, uh, still own owner of Doucet Cognac. Uh, I get to do, which we started self-made, which is what Nikki just did. To me, you hold that bottle, it means you've done something. It means you've achieved something. That's what this is about. Cheers, cheers, and cheers. Cheers to you. And I started this series called Self Made, which is I get to talk to people who have done really cool things, whether it's in music or sports or business or film. And I love hearing the story of getting there, commit because to me that's what's motivating. That's it's get being there is no one knows how what it felt like or how you did it, but getting there is the hard part. And I think for, for fans of people who love you or appreciate you, that's what, that's what they want to hear. That's what I want to hear. So, Nikki, before we get into it, I ask everybody the same question. Self-made, what does that mean to you? Um, Self-made for me is like making your dreams become reality. You know, um, doing it on your own terms and um, not compromising who you are and just having that self-belief. Um, I think that's what makes you self-made, you know, just going against all the odds, everybody who told you that you can't make it or you can't do it and just making your dreams become reality because a lot of people have dreams, but they don't really become reality for a lot of people because they've not got the drive or they've got not, something's holding them back from going for what they want. And I think that the self, self-made for me is just like making your dreams become reality here on earth, you know. Whatever, whatever that is to you, like if that means you're going for a run, a 10k run, and 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 you started off at 1k, and you and and by the end of the year you're at 10k, that that's self-made, you know, because you, you put the hard work in to do that. So it's not it's not about riches, it's not about money, it's not about like it's just whatever that means to you, personally. I think that's what makes self-made. Can you, what struggles did you have? And, and I say that from, it could be as simple as people saying, you know what, you, you can't go into the film business or you can't be a director. You, you're not a writer. Like, what were your struggles? To be honest, I heard it all, you know, because my, my background, I come from music. I was like a DJ and a promoter. I put on parties all across the UK. I was DJing and stuff like that for many years across the world. And um, as a child, I went to a drama school, a quite well-known drama school. My mom sent me to a drama school, Sylvia Young Theatre School. It's quite a well-known school in the UK, London. And um, 
as I was doing music in my teens and stuff, I, I, I decided, you know what, I, I really love film. I really, I really, I love watching movies. I, I could watch movies for days. And I decided one day, you know what, I just want to start making movies, especially black movies, because in the UK, there wasn't many black movies. We used to watch a lot of American movies. So I felt like there was a gap in the market. So I was like, I'm going to make a movie. I woke up one day, I was like, I didn't know nothing about movies. I just knew that I wanted to make movies and I knew I had a lot of connections in music and I kind of thought music and the film industry must be kind of the same, it's all entertainment. And I was like to my friends, I'm going to make movies and everyone was just looking at me like I was crazy. And I was going around speaking to everybody saying, I'm going to make a movie, I'm going to make a movie. And and people kind of laughed at me, like people wasn't really... They just thought, well, what's this guy talking about? Like, he's going to make a movie, how, where, what? But I, I kind of knew in my heart that I'm going to make movies. I didn't know how. I didn't know nothing about the movie world or the entertainment world of film. But I knew that I'm going to make a movie and I'm going to somehow figure it out. Because that's how I am. I'm kind of that person. Whatever environment you throw me into, I will figure it out. So what was, well, first, how old were you at the time when you said, you know what, I'm going to do this? So this is like in my in my late twenties, going into my thirties. I, I I felt that because it was it was quite late in my age. You got to a stage Correct. where like uh, I'm I'm DJing, I'm promoting. Yeah, you're well yeah, off. I, yeah, yeah. I've 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 become thir- not even that I was well off. Like I I got to a stage where I was thirty, and I just felt that it looked better than what it was. I was putting on parties. There's thousands of people in there. Half of the people in there on guest list, their friends are friends, their family, their this, their that, and you've put all this work in, and and at the end of the night, you've had a great party, and you've gone home, you've you've made a couple of thousand pounds, but what it looks like you've made, you've not really made. The lifestyle looks bigger than what the actual the the the, the reward is. So I was like, this is not working out for me, you know. Like I'm doing these parties, I'm DJing and stuff, I'm enjoying life, but I'm getting to a stage in my life where I'm not making what I should what I want to make and it, it was just a crazy just like you know what I want to I don't want to be that person who gets to a certain age and I haven't achieved the things I wanted to achieve and I just I dreamt bigger like I just always knew that I wanted to do bigger things I knew that I wanted to do things that would impact the world so for me I knew that movies is something that every person loves and likes so what was what was the first step that you took what was the like first what was the step so the Go first ahead. ever step to, to make a movie, like, I was, wor- I was working as an A&R at a record label, and I was trying to convince the, the CEO of the record label, let's make a movie. I was like, let's make a movie. Um, you've got loads of music artists. Let's just make a movie with the music artists. And he just wasn't really having it. Every day I was, like, really pestering him to, like, get the money to make a movie. And it was like, well, why don't you make a DVD kind of, dvd kind of movie and stuff like that i was like well i want to make a movie like we can go to the cinema it, it, nobody nobody really took me serious and i was like you know what i'm going to do this so a friend of mine he knew a friend of mine knew a friend who was an actor and he's quite established actor he's, you know his name was femi and he was in a successful british black movie called kidhood it was a, like a massive success here in the uk it's probably the only uk movie urban uk movie I was like, I want to meet him and stuff. So my friend um, set up a meeting for us to meet. And I was like, I want to make movies. And I've got these ideas. And he was like, he's really interested. He was like, your ideas sound really good. 
and he was like, come, let's, let's do it. And he left and then I didn't hear from him for another year and a half because he was acting on another movie set and stuff like that. And I was really disappointed and disheartened, but I knew I wanted to make a movie. So I finally met some guys who I convinced to invest in a movie and I set up a whole production company. I was about to make this movie. I had a script ready and stuff like that. And the finance fell through. If anybody knows about the movie business, you need the finance from the investors to make the movie. So I was in this, I was in an office casting people, had a script, had a whole team of people, but I was waiting for the money to be deposited in my bank. But as the story goes on, the money never came. The finance company who was going to give me the money was never, ever going to give me the money. They were just lying to me. So I had this whole bill of this studio I was paying for, all this staff. I had about 30 to 40 staff that I wasn't able to 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 pay because the money never ever came so that was a real was blow in, to my was this intent or no no this is before the intent this is, this is, way intent. This is i was going to make a film called money and grime it was about yeah. the grime industry the uk grime industry way before it had blown up because i was a part of that industry so i wanted to make a movie to tell that story and um i met these investors who were just not the real deal they were joke investors and they were promising me the money's going to come every day. The money is going to come. The money's going to come. And what that taught me, as I didn't know much about the movie business, you can't start planning a movie before yeah. you have the money deposited yeah. in your account. Yeah. You can't go off promises. But I didn't know much about the movie business and believed that I was making this movie. And it literally just fell apart. Like I was kicked out of the studio. So it is, it's a funny thing because when you say things like that, it makes me realize on one hand, you had no idea what you were doing. And in some ways, not knowing what you're doing allows you to get there. You know what I, I mean? Had, I literally had no idea what I was doing. I was kind of like blagging. But you, know, but you know what I mean? Like if you don't know the obstacles, you think you can do anything. And the other hand, that, you're learning by all the mistakes you're making as well. 100%, you know, with, with that, it taught me, in that pain, in that, in that sorrow, in that, in that sadness of everyone laughing at me, um, actors just thinking I'm a joke, crew, cast, just everybody like laughing, at, not laughing, just like thinking this guy's not serious. It's not serious, yeah. Yeah, like it just kind of dented my whole, my whole ego, my whole, my whole ambition. How do you try and do How do you pick yourself up and keep going? You know what? I'm a I'm a I'm a man of faith. I believe in God. You know, and I feel like I prayed a lot. I I asked God, what am I doing wrong? And I'm a person who never gives up. Like, I, if I have a vision, I have to get to that dest destination. I have to accomplish what I set out to do. So, from there, I knew. I learned from all the mistakes and said, you know what? I'm gonna go again. I picked myself up. Um, I had no money. I was broke. I, I, ha I only had my dreams and, and my ambitions and I dust myself off and I said, I'm going to go again. And um, I made another film. I, I was lucky to, I came across a producer called Dean Fisher who read my script with my partner Femi, who's my business partner now. And we said to him, we want to make this movie. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to find you the money. And you hear that so much in, in, in the industry that people are going to invest and they're going to believe in your dream because really it's my dream to yeah. make the movie. I have to convince somebody about my dream 
And he said, I really like your passion. I like your hunger. And I want to find you the money. And my business partner at the time, or still is my business partner, was like, he ain't going to come back. And under six, six months, he gave us a call. He's like, I found the money. And I couldn't believe it. And we made my first ever movie called It's A Lot. I only got paid £9,000, less than a McDonald's wages. Um, it meant the world to me. Because um, you finished it, you did it. You had it I done. I did it. Yeah. yeah, I had it done. Um, I learned how to produce. I learned the ins and outs of making a movie, what to do and what not to do. And that film, we had a we had a premiere, and I felt on top of the world. The money was nothing, you know. Isn't, isn't that isn't and for for anybody? I'll give you my my story. And uh, when I start, I was late in life starting this company. I was thirty one years old when I started it, and the first five years fucking sucked. And we were going to wind up the company. Uh, we had a board meeting uh, to wind it up. I was the only one wanted to keep going. I remember calling my mother. She's crying. She's like, I'll sell all my rings for you. And I, I just told her, I said, you know what? If I could just live, just make enough money to live on, I'm happy. Yeah. I love yeah. what I'm doing. But that yeah. moment where you realize, God, this is what I was meant to do. I'm happy. You don't need money. You don't care about the money. No, you know, for me, you know, like I became a dad. Um, I had a daughter. And that, that brought responsibilities. And, and the pressure of that is like, you've got a child now. And you're dreaming to be this filmmaker, this this well-known filmmaker who makes films, and everybody's like, get a job, have stability. Yep. Yep. And everyone thought I was crazy, you know. And they didn't do it in a bad way. They were looking out for me. Yep. But at that same time, you're thinking, just leave me alone. I know this can work. But what you're doing is just so unstable. You know, it's, there's no regular money. There's no income. Um, how are you going to sustain a family? How are you going to bring a child into the world and and I just knew something in me I was just like I know I can do this I know that what I'm thinking and what I believe in I know this is what God wants for me I know this is my this is my destiny this is what I'm meant to do and literally after the first movie that I spoke to you about it's a lot it came out and it tanked it was like the distributor didn't promote it I remember me and my business partner pulling up to the cinema and there was like one or two people going into the cinema and us just both sitting in the, in the car, literally depressed, wanting to cry that the film that we had tried to make for two years literally came out and bombed. It literally was not a success. And that was another blow. So I had the blow before that. This is the second blow. And it's just like, I've just felt like this is not meant for me. And you got everybody looking at you because it kind of looked good to the people. They thought I released a film. Sure. It looked well. I had a, I had a premiere. But that could be it even looked, worse if it looked good. That's even worse. It looked good. Then, then you have expectations. Good. It looked good, but I was dead broke. I yeah. literally probably had twenty pounds in my pocket, and um, I remember it was coming to Christmas. It was winter. It was coming to Christmas, and I was just like, "What are we gonna do?" And crazy enough. Like I was like, I said, let's go again. So I said to my business partner, you know, we, we it didn't work out because the distribution didn't listen to us. They didn't really understand the urban market. I was like, I know it can work. And he was like, I was like, let's try to do it independent. Let's try and raise some money ourselves. And let's like, let's cast it ourselves. Let's just, let's, let's kind of go back to the, the, the roots, the streets, you know, I was like, look at Jay-Z, look at, Films like Paid in Full, Boys in Hood, 
they spoke about the culture, they spoke about the 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 the, the, the upbringing of the the strife sure. everybody's gone through. Let's let's tell a true story about street culture. What's like just raw and gritty. Let's not water it down. Let's not try to make it commercial. Let's just make it the way we 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 understand and what we know. And let's sell it as a DVD. Because in my mind, I felt that if we could sell it as a DVD at the back of the trunk, like we could sell it from our cars, we yeah. could sell it at parties. Just, like, you just know? like a record. Just like a record. Just like a record. Yeah. You know, we we can make maybe a million on on the streets. You know, and I it sounded ludicrous. It wasn't for the cinema and he was like, let's do it. And we convinced some of my good friends to invest into the film and um, we made the intent. And that was such a struggle. We, we, we literally made it on a shoestring budget. And I, my idea for that film was to cast music artists because I felt that they had a fan base, they had an understanding of urban culture and I knew they could resonate to the people that I wanted to speak to, because if you looked at American films like Boys in the Hood, yeah, yeah. Paid in Full, a lot of them, they picked a rapper to play the main part. They had Ice Cube in Boys in the Hood. They had Tupac yeah. in Juice. So I was like, if I take that formula for the UK, I'll be able to replicate that same kind of formula here in the UK. So I just started casting rappers. And the rappers were more open to it because they had never done movies before. I was going to say, how, how did you, did you have to convince them to be an actor, to, to want to act in something? The thing is, like, I had a, because I, I, I came from a music background, I had kind of a relationship with a lot of musicians. Um, did they believe the film was going to be anything? I don't, I don't think they did. I think they were more convinced by the pitch I gave them. And, um, they just went with it. They just went with it, not knowing what it's going to be, where it's going to go. I had no idea at that time what I was going to do, but I knew that I needed to make a movie again. So, so sticking with the actors for a second, did, when you wrote the script, did you think of each character and and uh, based on the the artist that you thought could would play it? You know what I mean? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I literally, there's an artist called Sculpture who was a big grime artist here in the UK and he's like amazing talent. I knew that I wanted to work with him. So he was my first goal. I knew that I wanted to work with him. So I approached him, I told him about the idea. Um, I convinced him, I spoke to him on the phone for a few hours, me and my business partner was like, we want to make this film, we want you to be the lead. And we're going to, at that, month, at that time we had no money. And I said, I'm going to come back and, and I want you to play it. He's like, all right, cool. Like, just hit me up when, when you're ready to go. And then I started picking off the list of like Crepton Conan, who were, they were new, very new, very early, but I had, I knew they were going to be something special. And I just looked at artists that I felt that had a buzz on the street, but wasn't mainstream success yet. You know, so I, I knew I would they're be able to They're willing to take a chance too, right? Yeah, they're yeah, to willing. Something, yeah. yeah, they're willing to take a chance on me and I'm willing to take a chance on them. So I casted unknown people to the mainstream, but very popular to the underground at that time. And um, we shot the film in 14 days. Wow. Um, that's unheard of, you know, literally 14 days or 12 days we shot the movie. And um, once I shot the movie, it was another nine months to a year to edit the movie because I had no money. So as I was going along, 
I was trying to find money from different places, throwing parties, DJing, my partner, arts and family, friends, and just grabbing every penny I could to finish this movie, literally. And um, I took it to every distributor in the UK, like every film distributor. And I took them this movie and they just said, it's not going to work. They said a full black cast, they're unknown. I don't know who these people are. They said, it's not going to work. And I couldn't get one deal for the film. And I had, I was so disappointed. I was all the actors, all the artists like, when's this film going to come out? When's this film going to come out? And I didn't have an answer. I was like, soon, soon, soon. And um, one distributor who saw the movie called me up and said, okay, we'll put this film out, but we're going to give you £20,000. I was like, £20,000? The movie costs so much more than that. And I felt like, you know what? I've got nothing else to go ahead with. I was like, cool, I'm going to give them the movie because I just wanted it to be out. Because they said, like, I've made this movie. They're, it's, they're only telling me it's worth £20,000. And this, that was ridiculous. But I just knew that it could be something. And then my business partner rang me and he was like, do you know what? I was reading a newspaper and the company that offered us the deal, they're going bust. They're in financial problems. He's like, we can't give them the movie because once, if we give them the movie, once they go bankrupt, you'll never get it out. It will never go out and we'll never get the movie back. We'll be fighting to get the movie back. And he was like, we can't do that. I was like, what are we going to do? And he was just like, you know what? Let's put it out ourselves. And this is where self-made comes into it, yeah. Because he said, let's put it out ourselves. I was like, yeah, let's put it out ourselves. So I, because I came from a promoting background of putting on parties, I was like, it's kind of the same. We're selling a ticket yeah. for an event. Yeah. Yeah. We only need to market it and yeah. we need to find venues to screen the cinema. So I was like, we must be able to rent cinemas. And he was like, yeah, you can rent cinemas. So we called up, we got a cinema booker, like you, have your, like you may have an agent, there was a cinema booker who could book individual private cinemas for you. So we booked loads of cinemas across the UK. They charged us the fee. Before that, we had to raise money to market the film and book the cinemas. So we went to a friend and he was like, well, I'll loan you the money with a high interest. Because when you're desperate, a lot of people take a run. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. So I borrowed like 70K, 70,000 pounds of, of, of marketing money. But it had a high premium on that money. But I was so like, it, looking back, it was really stupid. But it was the best <laughs> thing I've ever done. <laughs> because I would have been in another 70K debt plus the money for the film, you know. Um, but I bought the 70k with a high premium and I booked out every cinema in the UK and I put a marketing team together myself and I marketed it through the social media. I put out posters, I done music videos, I hired the artists in the film to shoot music videos and we promoted the film and the film was a phenomenal. It came out and every cinema was sold out. Um, it, I released it on iTunes. It, it was the, one of the biggest selling films on iTunes. It went to number three on the iTunes movie chart. I was like fighting out with Superman and Batman and Bourne Supremacy and all these big Hollywood movies. Like I was number three in the chart of like of Apple iTunes movie chart. And I remember like the person who got me my movie on Apple iTunes, he rang me up and Apple rang them and it was like, 
who are these guys? What are they doing? Because we've never had so much young children open up Apple accounts. Because you know when you open up an Apple account, yeah. you have to have a debit card or a credit yeah. card. Apple couldn't understand that They're we had it like... just for the, song, for the movie. Just for the movie. They've never uh, seen it before. They was like, who are these guys? And literally, the film came out on the 29th of July. And um, I remember it being released at midnight. And it just being a phenomenal. I remember looking at the movie chart on iTunes because I released it in the cinema and the iTunes at the same time because I wasn't able to have enough money. It's called a collapse window. Nobody's ever heard of that before. So I released it on iTunes, a DVD and the cinema all on the same day. So my idea for that with my business partner was that if we didn't have enough cinemas, you're able to get it on your phone. Sure. And if you didn't have it on your phone, you're able to buy it on DVD. Yep. Yep. So we, it's called a collapse window. And I watched the iTunes chart. The film came out at midnight. It was at number 70. Then it dropped to number 50, number 40. It was number 30. I went to bed. I was like, I'm going to bed. I woke up. It was in the top 10. I think wow. I woke up at 7.30. It was in the top 10. And then by midday, it was in the top five. And then by like 1.30, it was at number three. And it stayed at number three for days. But what was ahead of me was Superman and Batman had come out wow. and another film had come out. But what happened, those big companies started pumping loads of adverts because they didn't want me to like beat them. Who's these guys from nowhere? And that literally changed my life. From that so day, did, like, my life had changed. Did, did, did um, I have so many questions. So, uh, who, who, who was... <laughs> You did it all. Like you're doing, you're grinding. You're literally able to do it all. Do, do you, what do you think was the reason that it, because there's never one thing. It had to be a good movie. They had to like it. They, they had to like the acting in it. They had to like the story. Was there one thing that, that you think, it, what resonated to make people want to see it, to make people go, to make people talk about it? I think, I think honestly, it was so raw and so uncut and so unapologetic that um, I feel like the pain from me and my business partner, all the disappointment, all the sadness, all the sorrow was transformed in the picture of the movie. I feel like I could never make that film now. I could never ever make the intent. When I look back, I'm like, how did I do that? I don't, when I look at the person who made that, it's impossible for me to make that now. Yeah. Because who I was then, the hunger, the pain, the sadness, what was in my heart, I don't have that now. Yeah. Because I'm full of joy, I'm full of happiness. Um, I didn't have it. So I, was n I would never be able to make that, that kind of film now because I was just running on energy, pain, hunger. And I've got, obviously I've still got loads of hunger, but it's a different kind of hunger because I've had a different kind of success. At that time, I had nothing. It was all or nothing. Who, who was, and I'm always curious about this, who did you thank after? Like the fact that it changed your life, who's the one person you turned around and said, you know what, you were there for me. Through this whole, through the two or three failures to this, you were there. My family, I feel like my family believed in me no matter what. I feel like they were very important. Um, 
They kept me going. They believed in me no matter what. Um, and, and, and God, I feel like, for me, I'm a man of belief. I'm a man of faith. I, I believe in the higher power. I believe in God. And I just believe that praying to him, he answered my prayers because there's many days I prayed. There's many days I asked for his strength. There's many days I asked for him for guidance. And even in the pain, he guided me, you know, he, I look back at the intent journey and, and, and it becoming a, a cult classic in the UK and across the world. And then Netflix reaching out and giving me a world deal. Cause for me, it was Netflix that changed my life, literally financially, um, people knowing me around the world, me going to different parts of the country and able people recognizing me from the film because also I'm an actor. I was I acted in the film, and 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 that just changed my whole life. Did you need you to know, act? In it or did you need to act in the film, or did you want to? I looked at the model of Spike Lee that you are your brand, yeah. and what I didn't want to do is rely on other people. So I felt that. I worked with so much amazing talent, but at the same time, I wanted to build my brand and my face because we're in a world of popularity. We're in a world of Instagram, social media, who's famous, who's not. And fame brings money because you can be, you can be broke and famous. Yeah. Once you're famous, you can kind of make money and no longer be broke. Sure. Um, so I knew that if I build my brand like Spike Lee, who's a director, he's a producer, but he acts in his sure. films as well, he's becoming a popular face by popular culture. And as I put myself in the movies, I knew that my face would become a brand because it, there's so many great films, you don't know who directed it. Sure. You don't sure. know who produced it. You could be sitting on a train or on a bus next to the greatest director in the world. Unless you know Steven Spielberg and a few mainstream direct directors, you're not going to know who they are. Yeah. And where I came from, the music culture, it's all about the person who's up front. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to turn directing Smart. into a brand of making my directing like a rapper. Yeah. So I kind of treat myself like a rapper and an artist because if I market myself like that, I become the brand. So when you watch the intent, you know that Nicky made that, Slim made that, you know, he's the director, he's an actor, and I become the brand and the brand, I grow with the brand. Are, are, are the other actors who were in it, were they shocked at the success? I think, you know what, the best feeling is that when something happens that nobody expects to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I respect every single person who gave me their time, their effort to be a part of the Intent franchise because I came to them with nothing. And I owe them my life when it comes to them believing in me. It's, yeah. it's the self-made belief thing. But the biggest reward was seeing the success of the movie, them calling me, them getting other opportunities, them saying yep. that people know them around the world and able to go on to make the intent too because without the intent one being a success, we would have never been able to make the intent two. And um, 
that in itself is just like a great story and that makes other people believe in you and that makes your journey a bit easier. Did, 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 did anybody who turned you down give you a call and say, you know what, I, we fucked up, I wish we would have done this? Oh man, you know, like every distributor who, who fucked up, not to swear my language, sorry, but everybody who um, wasn't interested became a fan. Oh, really? And I, and I see so many people trying to replica and copy the intent. You know, so many people use the intent as their case study, you know. Oh, let, can you make a movie like the intent? And can you do something like the intent? And, oh, do you know the guys from the intent? And these are all the people who literally wasn't interested. <laughs> but you know what? I honestly, like, for me, I don't hold any bad feelings to anyone because that's my dream. And I don't, I don't feel angry at anybody for not believing in. But do you use it as motivation? Hundred percent, hundred percent. That 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 is. There's what, a difference. I take I take every no, and it drives me every day to um, work harder. I mean, uh, uh, the best feeling is waking up knowing that I do a job that I love. Yeah. I'm able to to provide for my family. Um, and, and I never thought, I, I would never thought I would get to the day where I, I wake up and I'm just doing what I love and I, I don't really worry about money. Not to say I'm some million, not got millions or something, but what I do gives me a good earning. It gives me a good life. It gives me, it gives me peace. I enjoy what I do and I get paid for it and there's yeah. nothing and I don't need to compromise who I am. But it also sounds like, uh, which I appreciate, is that idea that, you know what, more money, money is security, but it, more money just allows you to, to bring another dream to life, bring another idea to life, filmmaking, correct? 100%. Yeah, 100%. You know, I grew up watching, my favorite movie of all time is The Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 that I can watch The Goonies a hundred times in one day. And... um. When I watch films from the 80s, I feel like that was the best era of filmmaking. I feel like even films today are nothing like the 80s films. They yep. were the best yep. ever. The films of the 80s are just amazingly short. The action so, is amazing. You, Nick, you'll appreciate this. My father won't, but you'll appreciate it. So Richard Donner directed The Goonies. The Goonies, yeah. Yeah, uh, he asked my mother to marry him and she said no. Wow. So wow. he could, I guess That's, he could have been my father, but... He could have been your father. I like he, my dad. He, he's okay. He's that, okay. <laughs> That's my... The Goonies is... Oh, my, it's the, the, it's, it's, it's the, a classic. It's the greatest. So what's a film or what's an, a genre that you would like to do you haven't done yet? An idea so that I'm you known at the yet. moment for crime street kind of gangster movies. Um, I want to make love stories. I want to make a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, I'm very passionate about pushing the black narrative, the black story. Um, I feel like the intent is is one kind of narrative. It's a gangster movie. Um, but that's not the only stories I want to tell. I, I want to tell adventure stories. I want to tell love stories. I want to tell films or, or that are inspiring to the young generation because obviously the intent is very gritty. It's very dark. It's about drug culture. It's about street culture. It's about gangs. It's about criminal activity and um 
it comes with a lot of stick, you know, as a black director, as a black filmmaker, if I make a movie about gangsterism, it is seen as a certain way I'm portraying a certain stereotype. Um, if a white counterpart director makes a film that's gangster or Scarface is seen as a cult classic and everybody puts their hands up and they don't really get as much stick as I would get as a filmmaker. And I feel right. like I have a certain responsibility for my community and for for the people of colour, of black people, to show them in different lights. So the films that I've got coming are, are films that are adventure films like The Goonies. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my own version of The Goonies and um awesome. I I'm gonna make films of black love. And it's not just a black thing. I'm not I'm not just saying black films is what I make, but there's a there's not enough of them. There's not enough around the world portraying. I'm just imagining, because I feel this way, even even in my world, that you've made this movie, it's a black genre movie, a grime movie, you know, cri uh, crime, and now you you had the trouble of just making it. Now, all of a sudden, you're you're successful, but you're pegged as, so, hey, you, you can only do this, but you don't want to just do yeah. this. There's other things I you want to do. So, like, as, even if you made it, now there's some other obstacle you have to overcome. You know what, like with all the success that I've had, I still have obstacles to overcome every day. As much as the intent was a great success and the intent too was a great success and I flew to Jamaica and I shot a film in Jamaica and I've done worked with amazing artists and actors around the world, I still have so many hurdles to overcome yeah. because I'm a black filmmaker. My films are still low budget. You know, like, I want to make a film for a hundred million. When you're making a film for a million, it's nothing. When you're making a film for half half a million or two million, it's peanuts in the film world. You yep. know, so I want to have the budget that X-Men have and, and, and Fast and Furious have. I want to make films like that that cost a hundred million and that cost 50 million. And to convince studios and people of, of power that, I have the skills and ability to do that. To them, the intent is still minor. It's still, yeah. as much as it's successful, as much as it's made me a career, as much as it's opened me up to the world to meet amazing people, it's still very small in film world. You know, it's still very how, independent. How long, it, how long did it take you to film the intent to? So the intent to, I was lucky, you know, I, I once again I had to think out of the box. I went to a record label to finance the movie, so I knew that Island Records is a home of black entertainment, and they had Bob Marley and they done iconic things in the in the world of entertainment or black entertainment. So I went to them and convinced them to make a movie. They're a record label. They put out music. They don't know nothing about film, but I met the CEO Darkus and I met a guy called Alex Twin. Um, who was a head of A&R of Urban. And I was like, listen, I've made this film. Let's make the sequel. Let's make a soundtrack. Because you always have to package. Sure. When you're speaking to record labels, they don't know nothing about film. Sure. They only know music talk. So I was like, listen, if we make this film, it will help the soundtrack. So it was like, how much is it going to cost? I told them the fee. They was like, well, we kind of would assign two rappers or three rappers for that. 
I like your I like what you've done on the first one. It was successful. Let's let's try it. But they knew nothing about they literally took my lead. Me and my partner's lead, Femi. They took our lead. Whatever we said, they kind of went with. But at the same time, um, as much as it was an amazing experience, it was still a fight and battle because you're speaking to somebody who doesn't understand. They don't know. So when I'm like, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this, they're like, well, that costs this, that costs that. Because one thing people don't understand, when you see movies like James Bond or you see these Hollywood X-Men films or you see the Marvel films, hundreds and hundreds of millions are pumped into these films for it to yep. be a success. Yep. So when you see a film released in every country in the world at the same day, at the same time, there's a lot of money gone into sure. that. Sure. And um, to convince somebody to do that for my movie is like a needle in a haystack. Yeah. So um, I just took the opportunity, what they gave me, and I, I made the film and it was a success. It did better than when, the first one. When, when is Intent 3? And that's the, the question. We're working on the Intent 3 now, you know. Right, I've, right. I, I've literally, I've literally, I'm fortunate that um, I signed, I'm practically in the, in the, at this moment, I'm about to sign a deal with a major studio. I can't say who. Great. Great. Um, I've got a major studio who's behind me and my partner. And um, I've got three films that I'm about to make. I was meant to shoot a film this year, but COVID happened. Sure. And um, I'm going to start shooting that early next year. Oop, hold on. To bring out, I'm about to bring out next month, part of Black History Month in the UK. That's great. Um, I'm working, me and my business partner, are working with Idris Elba. Um, we, we've co-produced, my production company and Idris Elba's company have come together and we've made a, f we're, we're putting together a film. Um, we've got a script, um, it's ready. We're gonna shoot it next year. So we're That's working awesome. with Idris. Um, we're busy, we're really, really, That's really awesome. busy, you know. That's awesome, That's a awesome. A lot of opportunities have come off the back of what we've done independently. That's I don't wanna awesome. to speak too much before things have happened, but yeah, we're really busy. That's awesome. So Nikki, before we go, um, uh, I, I do something which I think is fun. It's word association. I'm going to say 10 things. Give me one word, one word. All right. Okay. Gets. Gets amazing talent. He's like the future. He's lyrical. He's talented. He's humble. One word. He, one word. I could, I could go on forever right. about him. Popcorn. Great. Just great. Great dancing talent. Ashley Chin. Amazing actor. Conan. Amazing artist. Dylan Dufus. A great actor, underrated, who needs a massive break. London. One of the best cities in the world. Jamaica. My home, the place I love, the place I appreciate, where my mum's from. And um, I would love to retire there. Grime music. 
the best music ever to come out of British black culture. Uh, Femi. My best friend, my partner, um, a great actor. Without him, I wouldn't be here. Uh, okay, films. Films are priceless. They're forever. All right, Nikki. I I love talking to you, man. I, I think I, I think uh, 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 again. I I didn't know the story. Um, you know, all I see and all I know, and most people is God. This guy's got this cult film that did unbelievably well. You have no fucking clue how he did it. But hearing your story and the grind and you're willing, I think that Nipsey Hussle said that to me, and I believe this. If you're willing to, you know, pop your trunk and just fucking sell shit in the corner, if you're willing to get down and dirty just to make it happen, you're, you can get, you can do anything in life, anything, and you're doing it, yeah. and you did it, and Thank that's you. awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank I wish you. you the best. I wish you... Uh, I, I, I can't wait to see the next Goonies. Um, uh, I can't wait to see your next films. And, uh, and when I get to London, we'll hook up, all right? 100%. Thank you for your time. Um, I appreciate you giving me this platform. Uh, um, I love Belair and I love everything you're doing in the culture. And um, hopefully we will connect. And thank you, man. I appreciate thank what you. you're doing. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Nikki. Take care. Have a good weekend. T take care.